You're listening to a Chirp Radio podcast. You can find more interviews and features at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Dylan Peterson for Chirp Radio. I am with Michelle Zahner of Japanese Breakfast. Hi. Hi. How are you doing at uh, South by Southwest 2016 tonight? I'm doing great. I was so nervous about coming here. I had like chronic headaches for like a month before coming here for some reason. And then as soon as I landed, I started having a really great time. And now I feel so, I have one showcase left. I feel so good and happy in Austin. I love it here. Do you have any memories that you'll carry with you for the rest of your life already? Oh, totally. I watched Inside Out for the first time uh, <laughs> last night, which was like so sad. And uh, no child should ever see that movie. It's like so sad. It like totally fucked me up. I, I need to see that still. It's so like, I know it won the Oscar, but like, I haven't seen it. But I was still like, no, Anomalisa needs to win. Anomalisa was I the one. Have you? Movie. You did really? I Why? I it. I love Charlie Kaufman. I've loved every single movie that Charlie Kaufman's on. It was just like so meandering, and I don't know. I just. Hated the I hated the female character in that movie so much. I just really didn't like. I wanted. I just kept waiting for it to get better, and it just didn't. It was brutal. It like did not like. It was relentless. It was like Charlie Coffin, but not quirky. Like the only quirky thing that was about it was just that it was animated. Yeah. But it was like really depressing. Yeah, but it didn't even have that like sort of Lars von Trier like finale of just like you know it's this long and so relentless because there's like going to be some crazy ending. It was just like. No, no. Yeah. But that's what killed me about it. I yeah, was like, yeah. oh, my God, this is like me. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm really, never going to make it. I liked his last film a lot, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like this one. I don't know. That's so a terrible, Yeah, yeah. This is a terrible South by Southwest memory is watching like a Pixar <laughs> movie. I also had like a great time. Um, I met a bunch of really great people. I just can't, I got a lot of free swag. We got some, I got some new jeans. I'm really pumped about. Whoa, hey! I was also really exciting because I know that my friend really likes uh, this brand, and I got free jeans for my friend. And I've been friends with her for 13 years, and it was kind of like that moment where you're just like, oh, I finally am doing a cool thing, and I can give my friend something cool that she that will make her think I'm doing something oh. worthwhile. So you won't even keep the jeans. You're gonna give them to your friend. Uh, I mean, I got them too. So oh. <laughs> it's like everybody won. Yeah, yeah. I was able to give my friend jeans. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not going to ask what the brand was, but yeah. I'm, I'm very happy for you that yeah, you got these cool you. jeans. Right? So, okay, so Psychopomp is the album, and it's, I'm just going to say this to you. This is my favorite album I've heard so far this year. Awesome. So, um, are you feeling the heat yet on this one? Are you feeling it from people who like music? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, honestly, it took me by such surprise because I... I actually wrote it when I was kind of like stuck in Oregon for a year and it was kind of like my last hoorah. Like I played in a band called Little Big League for three years and we've been touring and then my mom got sick and so I just dropped everything to be with her and support her through her treatment and through her illness and 
So I left my job, I left my house in Philadelphia, I left my band, I left my partner, uh, I left everything to be with her and then um, she passed away six months later and then I started writing this record because I was just kind of stuck there helping my dad out with everything and then I moved to New York and I was just like, I'm going to just get a career and I'm just going to focus on doing that and then uh, I was just going to put it out with Yellow K and just like have them release it and have people who wanted it get it but didn't plan on doing any kind of tour or anything and then the people really really it really resonated with a lot of people and then I kind of was like oh maybe I should just do this again so it really caught me by surprise yeah is this now um your full-time gig Japanese breakfast yeah yeah it, it finally is yeah it's cool so um so your old band that's um that's it you're done with your old band yeah I mean like it there's nothing like set in stone um we're all really good friends there was no like bad breakup or whatever um but we're all in new bands ian's and sheer mag the drummer and uh devin plays in strand of Vokes, kevin plays in mercury girls i play in japanese breakfast all like super different bands but it would be it's more of just like we're doing our own thing it would be weird to like go backwards and pick up where we left off because we are all kind of like happy doing our new thing too i didn't know that that's how it split and those are all really good yeah, projects all of them they're, yeah it's insane it's really funny to think about all of those bands being in the same bands like i know sheer mag and strand evokes and japanese breakfast all sound like super different mercury girls too but yeah it's funny how it yeah. <laughs> wound up so wait is everyone so is everyone from philadelphia then there uh, actually, only the bass players from Philadelphia. I'm from Oregon originally. Kevin was from Connecticut, and Ian was from New Jersey. But you went to Philadelphia to do your band, pretty much. Or? Yeah, I went to college at Bryn Mawr when I was 18, so I moved there when I was 18, and then I met Kevin, the guitar player, um, at the Consortium School Haverford, and then we moved to the city uh, when we were like 21, and then lived there for a few years, and that's when we were doing the band. So. Um, I guess I ask because Philadelphia, I don't know, I've just been like kind of amazed of, about what's going on there. Um, hearing your record and you know what Alex G is doing, the Beach Slang record was awesome. Um, I don't know, it just seems like Philly's doing something right now. Um, what is going on there? What's the scene like there? Why is there so much awesome shit happening in Philly? Well, I think like especially like a couple of years ago, I mean it's slowly changing now, but um, you know, the rent is super affordable and it's a, it's still like a big city vibe and there's like, you know, you can live in a house like for, you know, 300 bucks a month and you can get a practice space for like 50 or like not even like 20, you split it with a bunch of people for like 20 bucks a month. And so like when you're an artist and you're not making much money, like you're able to fund your creative work so much easier than if you're like, you know, living in New York and you have, you know, $800 a month rent and your practice space is $60 a month. Like um, it's just a lot more challenging uh you know financially and i think that philadelphia has like that big city vibe uh there's a lot of colleges there um it's really affordable and uh that's i think that that's what <laughs> breeds a lot of creativity is when you have time to like work on your creative work even when it's not lucrative All right, so just to talk about your music a little more, because I really love it, like a lot. <laughs> um, when I first heard you, I, I hadn't heard Psychopomp yet. Um, I just listened to your Bandcamp songs, and those ones, like they're they're a little more lo-fi, and you know, even some of the tracks are like half the length of what you did on Psychopomp. So, um, 
but even those like when I heard just those minute and a half tracks I'm like these are the songwriting here is so stellar mm -hmm. so um, and then you like develop them in the mm -hmm. album which is great but like those initial ideas like when you have that like what happens like when you get an idea and it comes to you what is that process um, I usually carry a journal around and uh, I it's funny someone asked me like how my process of songwriting happened and, and I never really thought about it and obviously since my mom passed away recently I, I've been thinking about her a lot and how she affected me because neither one of my parents went to college and my dad was never really around very much and my mom like largely raised me and my mom is an immigrant from Korea and uh, English was her second language and I spent a majority of my time growing up with her and even though you know we didn't have that much literature in the house that much art in the house that much music in the house um, she had this like really profound sense of like meaning making that I think came from just like things that people said that just sat, like felt very profound to her or like you know a scene in like a TV show that felt very profound for her and she would like try to extrapolate on that feeling and it just the way that she would speak about it and uh, you know kind of like somewhat broken English was like really beautiful to me and I think that sometimes I'm like really struck by things that certain people will say out loud and it sounds really poetic to me and I'll just like notate it for later and then like expound on it um, and it usually is a process of like interweaving like some kind of riff with like uh, one of those things and, and letting it kind of like guide me or whatever but um, this whole project came from being like really frustrated with the album cycle process because I, I was in a band called Little Big League and oh my god it's such a big bug. Hey, what is it? <laughs> it was a big, it's like a huge bug. <laughs> Texas. Whoa. Everything's yeah. bigger in Texas. I hope it's it in the crawl. it's in the crack. Yeah, it's where we can switch here. Okay, let's, no, it's fine. Let's, it's fine. We're good. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna tuck my legs up. Um, <laughs> so I was in a band. So we had just finished our second LP with Little Big League, and it, you know it wasn't gonna come out. For, we had to like shop it to different labels, and it wasn't gonna come out for like another year. And I still felt like I had so much to say, and I wanted to write music. And so I started Japanese Breakfast originally with the Song a Day project called June, and I wrote a song and recorded it every single day for. 30 days so there are 30 tracks and they're all just like total crap but I felt like the need to like share them and that was a lot of just like how Japanese breakfast always was was just like I get to release whatever I want whenever I want uh, and it's all just like completely instinctive like um, music making uh, and then Psychopomp was the first release where I took all of that kind of instinctive music making and I turned it into like a more proper like you know added like doubled up on the verses and the choruses like wrote new parts like added more instrumentation recorded it more like properly or whatever and uh, you know with an actual engineer and yeah that's that, that was the process. And you're happy with the way it turned out? Yeah, I love the way that it turned out. I'm, I'm ready to record a new album. <laughs> awesome. Good. Tell me more about the dog in heaven. Oh my god. Um, the dog, it's so sad. It's a really sad story. Um, the dog is my childhood dog. Uh, I got her, I think, when I was in seventh. No, no. I got her when I was like in sixth grade, sixth or seventh grade. She's still alive. Her name is Julia. Um, I'm actually getting her 
uh, next month. My dad is moving to Thailand from Oregon, and so he was like, is it okay if I give her to the neighbors? And I was just like, no, like, you have to figure out a way to get her here. And so he is figuring out a way to either fly her out or drive her out in April. What's and her name? Her name is Julia. And uh, she's like the most rotund, like golden retriever. She has like the biggest butt, like of all time. And she's just such a sweetheart. And you know, she was like, so you know, my mom, because I had to go move away for college, she lived with my mom. My mom was her primary caretaker for so many years. And so when she was sick, like my mom couldn't really pet her because like when you are going through chemo, like you're really sensitive to like, um, like getting like, uh, like colds and stuff like that. And they can be really bad. And then like when she passed away, it was like the dog would just like sleep at her door, like wondering where she was. And then like I had to take her to the vet because she was like always licking her paws. Like, and I was like, oh my God, like there's something weird going on. She's never done that before. She's just licking her paws over and over again. So I took her to the vet and the vet was like, is, did something happen? Are you her primary caretaker? Like did something happen? And I was like, my mom just passed away. Like, and she was her primary caretaker. And she's like, well, she's grieving. Like that's how animals grieve. It's like, they're like really, she's really nervous and she's licking her paws because she's grieving. And I just thought that that was so, in, so incredibly sad. And so that was like one of the first songs I actually wrote for Psycho Pump was um, just like dealing with the incredible sadness of losing someone and all the things that you don't anticipate having to deal with you know it's like so hard to just lose someone but also like it's so hard to like watch your father grieve it's so hard to grieve yourself it's so hard to watch your pet grieve it's so hard to all of their stuff doesn't just disappear like there are you know like hats that she never wore and money in her wallet and makeup she never used like all this stuff is like so incredibly sad and I think that a lot of people who have lost someone like and had to deal with all the aftermath of that like you know I have had a few people come up to me and say you know I just lost my my father I just lost my mother and like you have no idea what this album means to me and that's like such an incredible feeling and it's so sad that we can relate on it but it's also it's also you know great to feel not so alone in the world of like experiencing that kind of thing. <laughs> I'm like really happy we got to talk Michelle Me thank too. you thank and you. everything you just said that's uh, I'm just so excited more people are gonna get to hear this album soon it'll be out and it's it's great thank you so it's much. a special what you've what you've made for people thank you thank you very much Dylan Peterson for Trip Radio with Michelle of Japanese Breakfast thanks again thank you You can find this and other Chirp Radio interviews and podcasts at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.